Welcome to the Bleed Bulimia podcast with special guest speaking about her recovery from bulimia. Okay. Hi everyone, I am Lorianne. I am the host of Bleep Bulimia. And today I am so honored to have Run Veg with me today. She is a recovered bulimic as she's willing to share her story. So thank you very much for being here with us. And uh, please tell us about your story. Yes, my story, I think maybe it began somewhere um, when I was the initial signs, when I was probably about eight or nine. Um, I was quite focused on food, on weight, on um, whether I was fat or not. I, I had been bullied a little bit in school for being chubby. I wasn't fat, I was a little bit chubby. And um, my brothers also were making fun of the fact that I was a bit chubby. Um, and I guess around that time, we were going through um, huge emotional turmoil at home. There was a divorce and a lot going on. And I remember at that time, I became very occupied with you know whether I was fat and also food. I, I used food, I used comfort food. And um then I think I had a few years where I was uh, just rather careful what I ate, but I was, you know, quite concerned, about, you know, not putting on weight and being um, quite slim until I had, um, I went on a skiing trip. I think I was about 13. And during the skiing trip, I was doing a lot of sports and probably eating a lot. And when I came back, I was probably eating the much, but didn't do any sport. And I suddenly uh, gained four kilos. I don't know what that's in U.S. Gained four kilos, and uh, which I think somehow just made me a bit desperate. I don't know. I panicked and I started to. Yeah, I was probably 13. I, I started to um, try to um, just starve myself, not eat at all, um, do all kind of desperate measures to lose those kilos very fast. And probably this was also linked to being a teenager's hormones and a lot of things that were going on. And but uh, just by starving myself and not eating, that led to losing control. And then when I lost control, I ate too much and that started, um, and then I started throwing up. For, um, for a few years, it was, it, it just gradually became worse and worse. I'm, I, so it's, um, I mean, it was going, maybe I stopped for a little while and then started again. Um, but it, but it was very frequent. I think 13, 14, 15, 16, um, I wasn't necessarily underweight. I remember when I was like 16, I was almost getting chippy again because everything was just in a, it was a mess. I mean, my, my, my food uh, intake. Um, and then it got really bad and I went to... Uh, slowly, I was at a point where um, I spent a lot of extra time, a lot of time, a lot of spare time, um, just coping with uh, just being bulimic and, and, and eating and throwing up. Um, it was 
um, um, I mean, it could be many, many days, whole day, many times per day, and it just got worse. And the weekends, um, and you, I was at school and I did fine at school. So I had, you know, I had from the outside an okay life. I am very glad I did. I think that helped me a lot. Um, but um, sometimes I, I, I maybe went through the school day and then the only thing I did when I got home from school was this, nothing else. And same if I have the opportunity on weekends, it just got really, really bad. And the, pro the portions got bigger, I got sicker and I got just more and more addicted into this. I, I, for me, this was just an addiction. I could also have been a heroin addict. I, I just felt it was, I, I'm, I did everything to, to get my, um, I was totally desperate to get my uh, fix, my fix. And I would have done almost anything to get it. And um, it just affected my life tremendously because it changed my personality. It changed my, um, my, um, yeah, changed my personality, changed the way I behaved to people around me. I became someone I wasn't because I, like I say, I compare this very much to addiction. For me, it was an addiction. Like for any addiction, um, it's, at least in my case, I started being not honest. I was lying. I was hiding. I was isolating myself. And, um, and, and even though, I mean, I knew I could die because I was, it was just getting so bad that, um, I felt almost unconscious sometimes in the evening when it had been a big day and I woke up and I just felt really, really bad. Um, I couldn't stop and I maybe went to sleep and I said, never again, it's going to be over. It's the last time, never, ever again. And the day after I could maybe hold on until lunch or maybe after, until after school. So it was just, um, I mean, it was horrible and it, it it's just, maybe I shouldn't be using those words, but I, I, I was very sick and, and very desperate and it took over my life. Um, it controlled my life. It, it took over um, and ruined a lot of communication or, uh, or relationships I had. Um, and maybe broke some even because it just made me, you know, person I, I'm, I wasn't before and, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about the uh, changing as a person. I know that it changed me as well. In what context did it change you as far as who you were? I mean, other than the fact I agree that, you know, I don't like to lie, but I started lying. So it was going against my values having bulimia yes. because it forced me to lie. To to lie. It. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I mean, I, I, yes, I would. Uh, lie um also i mean i i could if i wasn't had the opportunity to um to get my fix whatever way i would do so and this is not something i would do um in um in any other um it's difficult to speak about it but i i just like any drug at it just desperation to get your fix and the 
but also isolating myself because I was quite sociable and um, and when I felt bad, instead of maybe talking to people or doing something nice, I just wanted to go home and do this, be alone. So a lot of isolation and um, and also hobbies because I I did, wasn't it took over so many years of my life and during that time I wasn't I wasn't um, I wasn't, um, I mean, doing any real hobbies because I didn't have any hobbies anymore. So I didn't really know what I liked anymore. So um, I, I mean, I found out so much later that there are so many things I like, but at that time I was working in a restaurant, Hard Rock Cafe, so I was working in a restaurant, very convenient, and, and doing school. And um, apart from that, I wasn't really having any hobbies. I wasn't. So, you know, it just took over my life. And I didn't have any boyfriend. I had friends, but um, I don't think they knew how sick I was. And so um, it just, yeah, it just really um, made me, um, I, 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 I'm just going to say something really bad. And um, don't, and, 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 and please, um, excuse me, um, for saying it, I, I felt like, you know, the um, there's a book, Kafka, Metamorphose, when they discuss there's a person that changes into a um, insect in the house and people are always all trying to hide the insect. I sometimes felt that that was what I had become, you know, like just uh, so my, my expression of myself was so, my bad, my image of myself was so bad that I just felt that I wasn't... Uh, me anymore i i was uh, i was just becoming some kind of insect or just yeah yeah i'd lost myself that's not bad that's not a bad thing to say because what you're doing is you're sharing and i'm sure that there's a lot of people who feel like that i felt like that uh did you did you find i know personally me i became more moody and part of that was if i was in a situation that i wanted my fix and i couldn't get it i would get moody uh, I would turn people away because I'd prefer to, like you said, isolate, be home with my food than be with people. It was Absolutely. awful. Absolutely. Like, really? And my moose got bad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if I would, if someone would be in my way mm-hmm. and that's what you think, that's why I say, I mean, I've been studying addictions uh, recently. And for me, this is so much like, and I want to study more bulimia from an addiction point of view, because, um, for me, there are lots of similarities. This is like, you know, any other addiction. And the thing is, when someone would stand in your way, I would be on my way to get my fix and someone would try to stop me. I think I would have done anything. Just I would be so angry with this person. You know, she would be, you know, stopping me because this is my desperation. And I think like for many addiction, it becomes your... Um, um, it, it becomes like one of your essential needs. Like for norm, I think for so, I, I, I think for for people to understand addiction and and like I say, for me, bulimia is an addiction. Um, often, for a normal person to understand, I would say, okay, what are your essential needs? Sleep, eat, you know, maybe cuddle. I don't know. But if I would say to you, um, I'm going to help you to stop eating and sleeping. You know, it's it's coming so essential, uh, and 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 what it become becomes for us when we are addicted to this is that um, it becomes um, 
a prime need. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's just we, we have to get our fix. Just like, you know, I don't know, if we, we take sleep and, and, and food from someone healthy. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and it is, and it is nummy. I, I, I can still remember it was just, it was the easiest way. What did I say that it hurts not to hurt because what you're doing is you're eating and binging and purging your feelings a lot of times. Uh, and yes. I don't know about you, but not only does it become an addiction, but while addictions are usually to numb something mm -hmm. in your life. And like they say, bulimia is harder because food's always there. Mm -hmm. But even when it's not, you find a way to do it. I know I'm just going to quickly tell you, I can still remember I was working, my friend, I was living with a friend, I was in my 20s, and she lost her job, so I had to pay. So we didn't have a lot of food in the house. But I found ways, whether it was putting eggs in water with spices and, and bread, like some of the stuff that I even ate at the time was people would sit there and go, ooh. But it was filling that weird space. It was... I can't even explain that part because I'm thinking, why would you even, but I don't know if it was yeah, but, like you, but you need anything. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but yeah, from my perspective, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, I mean, it's a, a lot about it, then how you deal with feelings, of course, but um, I, I, I fully agree. And I, um, but I, I think that when you become so addicted to this and this is in your desperation, you, 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 I mean, if this is all you have, this is the fix you're going to take, you know, because you are addicted to um, the whole process of eating and purging. So it's um, so you yeah, there's um, and 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 to fill you up and and, and throw it. so so and when you get this at when you get these cravings, um, I remember when I was getting out of it and I was getting slowly, I was slowly getting better. Uh, but it came as a huge urge, like a craving. I, I mean, just like I mean, just like an alcoholic. I just went into a store. I was gonna buy a carrot, and I ended up going, you know, on my trip. So um, it's it was just so strong, so strong to, um, um, and I, I could absolutely not control myself. It was uh, being, and that's I think it's a very hard part and hard pill to swallow is to be not able to control yourself or to trust yourself. That's a very hard pill, pill to swallow, I feel, I feel. So you were speaking to uh, prior to us coming on, and I really, uh, really want to touch on this as you were talking about the shame part of it. Yes. So yeah. The, yeah, and I, I mean, I've been now, um, I, I, I think I was approximately around 24, 25 when I was suddenly realizing that I didn't remember the last time. It was just a freedom to find that um, I was free from it. But the shame has never really gone away. Um, and it's, I've been, you know, I tell people who know me well who, um, that I had this, but. Um, it's it's difficult to get over um, the shame part and to accept that um, I went through this for so many years. But I find it easier now when I'm, well, I'm getting older, but also to understand where it's coming from. I find it easier to see that um, if I see this as a 
method to cope with probably cope with very difficult times and life and um that methods that um i kind of i just couldn't help and i got addicted to and i was really in a bad shape i was sick and it helps me to um try to um feel less shame because it shouldn't be there it should i, I mean it shouldn't be there not not like any um Yeah, anyone else that goes through episodes that are, um, they lose control and they um, go through tough times in their life. Um, we, I mean, we have to accept them and we, we, we when we're sick, it's, it's yeah, um, um, it shouldn't be. But I, it's getting better, but it was worse. But I still, I still sometimes feel like the shame. Wow, that's interesting. I uh, I found the more I talked about it, the less shame there was. And when I finally decided to become a bulimia recovery coach and then start this this podcast, it's interesting how many people out there, you know, reach out to you and say thank you and and I need your help and and wow, you've recovered and they want to hear your story. So that's why I'm very very honored again to say that you're here telling this and saying that you've recovered i just want to quickly say too i'm really sorry that your start is so young i know that i was bullied and said that i was i was fat when i was nine years old but it didn't correlate to food at all i didn't put the two together strangely enough until i was 16. so you started at a very young age to be aware of this I, I was very, and I was, uh, I think in my mind, I think I, it took me around five years to really reach the button, to, to really rock button to, to, um, and then I was, um, it was to taken totally control over my life. Although I said, thankfully I still got went to school and, and, and I, you know, I had stable school environment. And then I was, um, I went to a point where I had been seeing a therapist uh, trying to find therapists to help me and at that time i was i mean i was in iceland and i was maybe i went 14 15 16 i, I went a few times but therapists they they didn't know what it was and how to help me so i was just like sent from one to another um until i went to a psychiatrist when i was about 18 and at that time, I was very underweight and I was very, very sick. And that doctor said I needed to go to hospital, which I did. But he said to me that I, if I would be throwing up without my hands, I mean, I know said women who, who throw up without their hands don't have a chance. And that was just, he didn't know it was my, my it was my, um, my, case and yeah and and from there i went to a hospital for one month it was a very bad experience because it wasn't adapted at all to my eating disorder um but it probably still helped me a little bit um and i, I during that time i was um um just not been almost not eating at all because i i was afraid i, I really wanted to get better but i was afraid of food 
So I was, I lost weight in there because I was just panicking. I didn't know what to, I didn't really, you know, you're just so lost after many years of this. I think people don't really realize that you have no idea what normal people eat. You're just like, what is a portion of food? You, you, you just, everything, it's so strange. No, no one normal would understand this, but you're just, you're just lost. And I, I, and I, and yeah, I was just afraid. So I, 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 I ate very little and I lost the weight, but, um, but it was still probably the beginning of going better. And then one woman at the hospital, I think it was a psychiatrist or someone who, or someone who was assisting there who said to me, you'll see gradually there'll be more space between each, um, binge and purge, you know, there'll be more space. There'll be more space between them, more days. And that is what happened. It slowly became only the, in the evening, maybe only in the weekends, and then maybe twice per week, then maybe once per month, you know, and then until I was 24 or five and I didn't remember the last time. And since there are many, many years, I mean, um, now I've been, and also I, I, people have said to me, um, almost like they're not believing me that I'm totally over it. Um, like, because you hear these stories that if you are then you're always going to get back there mm-hmm. and no i'm sorry i'm I'm not saying i'm perfect I'm far from it but i haven't uh had any bulimia crisis uh, for over 20 years 20 something years i mean it's just like very 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 long time maybe after i was you know maybe once per year sometime when i was 20 something until i was 30 but i don't even remember i mean now for over 20 years i it's just I'm no, in, no, it's just not there. And I'm not struggling. It's just gone. It's not there. But it helps me to understand all addictions and a lot of things of pain that people may be going through. And I want to understand more. Um, but for me, it's gone. It's, it's just gone. It's interesting that you say that because you are studying it. And I know that there's a lot of people out there. I mean, I went to psychiatrists and I went to... Uh, therapist and the favorite one that I had, unfortunately, I had to move away and I wish I hadn't because I might have actually recovered a lot sooner. Uh, She was, uh, she had struggled with an eating disorder and she had recovered. So she knew what I was going through. And I know that it sounds crazy. It's not to say, hey, you know what, if you want to be a a coach or a therapist for bulimics, go out and be bulimic and then come back and help them. Not saying that. I'm saying that if you did struggle with it, though, you have a better understanding of the mindset. And like you said, people who haven't done it, it's hard to understand our concept of what food of what we were looking at and how we perceived food how we hit it, why we hit it, what was going on, um, and how to recover. And there's definitely so many different ways of recovering, but I think that the, the step is first is to want to. Yes. And to move forward. And I so appreciate everything that, that you're saying here today. Um, you know, we were talking to before I said, you know, one of my psychiatrists and he was really good, but he still really didn't get me, but he kind of did. Um, he said, I was like a China doll. I was very cold on the outside, but very fragile. Mm. And I thought that was interesting. And then, of course, we also said that it is a slow form of suicide. And, uh, you know, thank God it was slow because I'm grateful I'm here today. And like you, mine's been 11 years. And I, 
I said, I don't even know. Some days I wonder why I even started this because I'm so grateful to be free and to be able to eat with my family, to be able to, you know, see food as something more than just an addiction, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. It's this freedom. It's freedom. And that's um, this, this, uh, this freedom of, of not having it because it's hell. I think many women who go there or, or, or people, they just call this hell. I mean, because it is hell where you're totally uncontrollable by under this. Um, and it's such a life. It's just so much easier when you are free from, from, from this torture, like, you know, probably any addiction. It's just so it's, it's, it's fantastic. Like, um, and it, I think in a way it has made me stronger, although I'm still maybe fragile for some point of view. You, I wouldn't have been that sick if I wouldn't be fragile for some point of view. But um, I think it has made me stronger and more resilient towards other things. Um, and I've, you know, I've taken, I, I decided to not to drink and not, I mean, smoking many years ago, not to drink because I just, uh, I decided I'm learning, studying all about this addiction. So um, I really try to have quite a healthy living. I think it's important and, um, and try to, um, yeah, try to take care of myself. I, for many years, I was afraid of that, that it would come back. Like, you know, like this animal that would just come back and bite me. And, and that's probably one of the reasons I was scared of talking about it because I was afraid that I would, maybe I would just go back, but now I, maybe I should be relaxed. It's been such a long time and I should, you know, it's, you know, it hasn't come back all this time. Why shouldn't suddenly, you know, pop, you know, knock on my door. It's been, it's been such a long time and it's, I mean, it's, it's great, but it's a, it's a real struggle and real hell. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I sometimes think also I would love to help one way or another, but I just don't know how, um, maybe I will one day. I don't know, but it's um, because I remember I was thinking I would have loved to meet someone who was recovered. I remember I, I, when I was sick and I just felt that I didn't have a chance that I was the worst ever. And uh, my case was the worst ever. And I was just, uh, you know, I, I would never recover. And if I would recover, it become obese. I was sure that I would not have a chance to, you know, and, um, and, that is something that so many hold on to it because they're afraid of that. And yeah, I'm 11 years recovered and I've been at the same weight for 11 years. And it's just, I mean, is it all the ways that easy? Now, I gained a little bit of weight when I did stop, but Me it's too. nice because my body got to the, to the weight that it's comfortable at once it got there. And you know, that your body knows once it, once it recovers, it knows. So as long as you're not doing the emotional eating, you know, and obviously with you, you recovered to the point where you understood that, you know, emotional eating is not going to take away from, mm -hmm. you, you have to deal with them really is ultimately what it is. By the way, you're saying, I don't know how to help right now. You being here is helping. I'm sure that the listeners out here need to know a lot of the things that you're talking about it goes i'm never going to recover i'm never going to, do, to be able to do this uh you know and and the word though that something bad no it's never bad to share anything it's it's important to do that i can't tell you 
again, how much I really appreciate you being here. It's uh, it's a beginning, and and the fact that it's the first time that you're talking about it is just yes, I my first like time. I'm so sitting there going, oh, thank I, I, yes, you, thank I, I, you. yeah. I've never, I've never talked about it. Um, but maybe one thing I, w I would like to mention, um, which I would was a big surprise to me, and I didn't know, um, is, and I've also been learning through my studies, is that um, having, I, I, I discovered almost by coincidence, almost two years ago, that I have HDHD, and I, um, the doctor who analyzed me told me that. Um, it was very common that people with HDHD had have eating disorders. And so, I mean, there are things we don't know. So, um, so that's just, yeah, that could also help for people to know that uh, if they get the right treatment and they know it early enough, that could also help. Absolutely. When we talk about perfectionism, that's part of that too. OCD is part of that too. I know, uh, you know, I mean, even to this day, sometimes I'm sitting here and I'm moving things around because I still have a little bit of that OCD, but I'm okay, okay with that because otherwise yeah. my house would be a mess. But uh, but you're right. And with me, like I said, I was 18 when I, 17, when I started and uh, I'm 59. So that was like, hate to say it, like 42 years ago or something like that there wasn't a lot out there and and the parents didn't have a lot to go by either uh we're very lucky that today that we can but again you have to want to take that first step and uh, really run i am again thankful for you being here for opening it up with us and i really do uh wish you all the best for continuing with your with your studies on that and i know that you will make a difference it's just been wonderful having you here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to visit me at bleepbulimia.com.